Welcome to another episode of 6 Minute Monday where I give you 6 tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. Tip number 1, it's an exercise tip. It's a tip relating to everybody's favorite exercise, the good old bench press. Now you've often heard me say, when you are benching, that you should not try to move the bar away from you. You should try and move yourself away from the bar. Well, a great cue to make that happen is to take your back and press it against the bench as the barbell is moving away from your body. In fact, give it a try right now. I'm not saying a bench press. Just take your back, press it against the seat you're sitting in, and you can automatically feel the effect that it's going to have as you're benching. Again, it's going to help you move yourself away from the bar. Okay, tip number two, something I'm experimenting with. I got a Theragun. I finally broke down and got one. Now, I want to be crystal clear. A Theragun... It is not the answer to all of life's problems. It should not be your primary recovery technique. But what this Theragun is doing, and it 100% worked on me, it absolutely gave me relief in the pain that I was having. So you know that I was rolling out my quad a few weeks ago, which took away the soreness in my foot and in my right calf. Well, I could just tell that stuff was just tight. It was like a brick. So I got this Theragun, put it right into the spots where I thought I had the most quote-unquote knots, and instantaneously I felt no pain. I was able to move, and by having that lack of pain, I was absolutely in a better spot to address the, long, the, the causes of the symptoms I was having, to get into better mobility drills, to get in better positions to fix the problems I was having. The one thing that I'm keeping a conscious mind on of is... If I was having that tight right leg, is that also a protective mechanism for my body because something else is wrong, right? Is my body tightening up so I don't get into certain positions? So what I want to make sure is is that, yeah, I took away that pain, but I still need to be structurally correct in the things that I'm doing, in the way I stand, in the way that I run. I want to make sure that I'm still doing everything with the right form so that I don't cause the same problem to happen again or I bypass that quote-unquote safety that was uh, protecting me from a bigger injury than I already had. Okay, tip number three. That's the quote that I'm thinking about. It's, competition is for losers. I'll say it again. Competition is for losers. Now, before you all freak out and say, Coach Mahoney, you're a fraud. You said everything that we do is a competition. We have the challenge. We have challenges every single workout. We got a tough man. You always say it's always about being competitive. Competition brings out the best in people. I 100% agree. But in this context where I heard this quote, and the reason I'm thinking about it, it had more to do with marketing. uh, It had to do with selling your business strategy. And the point was, it's a fool's errand to try and get into a business or stay in a business where everybody is fighting for either the same product or the same clientele or the same quote-unquote business market. So imagine, let's take the simplest example If 32 teams in the NFL are all trying to get the same exact player to run the same exact offense, well, only one team is going to be a winner, and 32 teams are going to be a loser. So think about it in in a broader sense with respect to football. If everyone is running the same exact spread offense, something we were trying to do was to get into a different market, right? If everybody's running the same exact spread offense, you're going to all want the best receivers, uh, the best quarterback, and you want to throw the ball to these great receivers and spread everybody out. Well, the market I wanted to be in, I didn't want to compete with everybody else, so we had figured, let's go run a double-wing offense. So now I don't need to compete for these wide receivers. I don't need to compete for the best quarterback. I want to be in my world we can have the best running back. We can have the best offensive lineman. Agree with that strategy or not, 
what it was doing was differentiating us, and now we didn't have to get into that hunt, this competitive bid with everybody else to try and be the best at that recruiting mechanism for that specific group. Now, you can take this in any way shape or form that you want with respect to business, uh, with respect to football, with respect to training, but really find your way. Do not try and go through that same tiny gate that everyone else is trying to go through. It's going to really wipe you out. It's going to wipe out your resources. It's going to wipe out your mental psyche, your focus. Try and find your own uh, differentiator and make the competition go away. Have no competition. You're not going to have any competition because you're the first one in that field. Okay, tip number four. Something I've been listening to that moved me. Well, this is where I actually heard competition is for losers. It came from a podcast I was listening to. It was this Daily Daily Stoic with Les Snead, the GM for the Rams. And he was actually mentioning that competition is for losers. And he was referencing it to their draft strategy. He didn't get into all the gory details, but he made the same point. If we have 32 NFL teams looking for one thing, one of them is going to be a loser. Now, what I liked about this guy, Les Snead, I loved the whole podcast. It was awesome. There were, there were two specific things that I liked. One is they started the interview off by asking him, to be a successful person in professional sports, do you have to work like from 3.30 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night every night? And he said, no, uh, you don't. You used to probably think that way, but this is pretty cool. They had data scientists working to evaluate the quality of decisions people made at certain times of the day. So if you work for X amount of hours, they would say, okay, how was our good decision at 9 p.m. today versus uh, our good decision at 5 p.m. yesterday? Right? And they were actually evaluating and determining if people were making better or worse decisions based on the, the length of time that they were actually working. So I think that's pretty sick, man. I've always been a big advocate of not working a bunch of hours because it will completely and totally destroy you if you're working too long. The next thing I liked about the podcast is that they were talking about being innovative and using analytics and also trying not to do everything that everybody else is doing. And one of the comments they talked about was actually the Milwaukee Bucks. And the guy said, yeah, you know, the, the, the world of analytics had said, let's use uh, – in basketball is that we need to play with three-pointers. Everybody's going for three-pointers. That's the way that we're going to do things, and we're going to have these super teams. Yet, the Bucks just won by not having a team that, that shot three-pointers all the time and that didn't have a quote-unquote super team. And what, what the Les Needs said, yeah, a, a big part of all of this is that you have to have the right ownership. Imagine if they fired the Bucks coach, I, I don't know his name, if they fired the Bucks coach after year one or year two, right? You have to, with these new innovative or quote-unquote going back to the way things were, but when you're differentiating yourself, things are going to take some time. So he even admitted that with any, you know, in his world, things are working well with the Rams because they have a great re respectful relationship between the owners, the general manager, and the coaches. And everybody's got one goal. They're keeping the main thing the main thing. And the main thing for that organization is how do the Rams become the best football team they could possibly be? How do the Rams be put the best product on the field that clients are going to want to watch? That's what everybody in that organization is doing, from the person working the gate to the general manager to the equipment manager to the football to the head football coach. They're all trying to do the same thing. How do we make the Rams the best football team we could possibly be? Okay, tip number five. Uh, a productivity tip. This goes back to something that James Yuski said to me the other day. He said, Coach, you're a great delegator. You're probably an awesome delegator at work, and you probably just get everybody to do all the stuff that you don't want to do. And I was thinking, I'm an awful delegator. I'm probably the worst delegator there ever, wa ever was. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, I do all the work myself. What it does mean is that I live my life inside and outside of work by this mantra. It is eliminate, simplify, automate, delegate. I'll say it again. Eliminate, simplify, 
automate delegate. So the last thing that I want to do is delegate, but I will only delegate after I've eliminated something that didn't need to be done, simplified something that has to be done but can be done much more easily, automated something, and I will only automate something if it's been simplified, otherwise you're automating waste. If that all can't be done, that is when you should delegate. Now for me, again, I'm not a good delegator. I'm actually not even that good of an automator. If I was thinking about my own personal strengths, I am very good at elimination and very, very good at simplification. That's where my strength lies. But I am certainly not a good delegator, but the one good thing I do with delegating is I will not delegate waste. I refuse to delegate waste. So if you're gonna delegate something to somebody, make sure you've tried those other avenues first. It is elimination, simplification, and then automation. And delegation should be the last thing you should possibly do. Okay, tip number six, the craziest thing I heard all week. It's actually the best thing I heard all week. So we had our Tough Man competition this past Saturday. Uh, one of our guys was not there. We couldn't find him. Turns out his car broke down on the West Shore Expressway. He group texts everybody. I'm, I'm busy setting the field so I don't see it, saying, guys, I'm going to be a little late. We have two guys who are supposed to compete. Say, you know what? Where are you? We're going to come right now. We'll jump your car which is pretty sick. You know, this is a pretty, we're working the whole year for this one event. Everything matters. The amount of sleep you got the night before, what you ate for breakfast, the way the wind's blowing, right? All these little details matter. We had two guys go, Joe Sarno, Joe Marechka, I'll say their names, they went out of their way to go help Eric Eppinger. And Eric Eppinger, he was not one of the OGs. This guy came from a high school that none of these guys went to. Uh, he never trained with us before in a gym. He just he just joined us last year, so he's relatively new to the crew. And the fact that these guys that barely know him for a year went out of their way to go help him before what I would say is arguably one of the biggest moments of their year, right? A moment where you can get a belt, you can get put in the Advanced Training Hall of Fame on our website, you get all the kudos for winning this thing. These guys went out of their way. What's equally as cool is that Eric reached out to me afterwards saying, sorry, Keith, <laughs> Eric's his brother, Keith reached out to me afterwards saying, like, how awesome is advanced training that this type of thing goes on? Like, they didn't have to do this, and they did, which, uh, again, this advanced training to me, it seems like to everybody, it's way bigger than just working out. Working out is just something we do, but it's really about the brotherhood uh, that we have, the development of men that we have that is coming through the means of working out. All right, people, that's it for this week. Hope you enjoy uh, the rest of your week. Make it an awesome one. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today.